From The Conversation, this is Speaking With. I'm Sananda Cray. Armando Iannucci, a Scottish writer and director who's been described as the hard man of political satire, is behind some really funny and successful shows you might have heard of, like The Thick of It, which satirises UK politics, and Veep, which pokes fun at US politics. His new film, The Death of Stalin, which comes out in Australian cinemas on March 29 and stars the likes of Steve Buscemi and Jason Isaacs, is all about the chaotic political drama that followed the Russian leader's demise in 1953. For this episode of Speaking With, Associate Professor Stephen Harrington, a Queensland University of Technology expert on political satire, spoke to Armando Iannucci, who warns that we should beware any politician who can't take a joke. And, by the way, there's a little bit of swearing in this interview, so consider this a language warning. Should you shut the fuck up before you get us both killed? Stalin's dead. He's dead. Stalin is dead! Oh my god. Our general secretary is lying in a puddle of indignity. Yeah, he's feeling unwell, clearly. I want to make a speech at my father's funeral. Um, no problem. Technically, yes, but practically. When I said no problem, what I meant was no problem. Ignore me. Stalin would have wanted the committee. It doesn't sound like a, a funny title, does it? <laughs> it's got death and Stalin in it. Indeed. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, it really, I was sent the book. There's a graphic novel, The Death of Stalin, and it, and it, it recounts the kind of the mad scramble for power when he died and this, the ridiculous things that happened that were true. Like, you know, he was, when he collapsed, he was left in a room for like a whole day because his guards were too terrified to knock on the door. Um, when the major politicians arrived, they spent forever deciding whether to call a doctor because Stalin had put various doctors on a death list because he was convinced they were trying to poison him. So it's almost like he died through his own terror, his reign of terror caused about his own downfall. And there was something hysterical about it. It's a comedy of, of anxiety and paranoia. And this was all laid out in this graphic novel that was sent to me, The Death of Stalin, a French graphic novel. And I read it and instantly I just thought, this is, I can see how this would work as a film. I can see how this could be funny and yet terrifying at the same time. Yeah, and it was an immediate um, connection with it. And I, I never saw myself as someone, I'm always used to you know, coming up with my own projects and, and working on my own ideas. And I never thought my second movie would be an adaptation of, of someone else's, but it was just an instant, um, realization that this was a, a a great story the themes in it were quite prescient as well uh it, i was thinking about doing something about a dictator anyway because a lot of you know democracies around the world have been going through a slightly strange slightly disturbing phase so i was kind of thinking anyway of doing something set in that world but but contemporary but the moment I, I saw this story, I thought, well, this is it, because it's true. So as I was watching the films, a couple of things really struck me. And I would say the first one is that it's, it's an even darker dark comedy, I suppose, than, than I was expecting. And I think it's, yeah. it's possibly because it's, it, it's based on real events. And so there, there's no escaping this, this awareness that um, you know, there's, there's uh, you know, a lot of truth there. 
was it much of a challenge, I suppose, to give weight to the seriousness of the situation whilst also not sort of weighing down the film too much and overshadowing the humour? Oh, yeah. I mean, the first thing I said to people when we started shooting was we have to be very respectful of what happened to the people in the Soviet Union at the time. And no, we're not playing that for laughs. The laughs are all about what's going on in the Kremlin, in the behind closed doors, the politicians. But it's the consequence of, of what they're up to that we see played for real out in the streets of Moscow. And there's no attempt to hide it or, or play it for laughs. Uh, and I knew that when I went into the edit, once we'd shot the film, the real work in the edit, and it was over a, a five month period, would be getting the tone absolutely right so that the comedy and the, the tragedy belong with each other and, 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 and help each other rather than cancel each other out. And it was a, I knew it was a sort of a high wire act that I had to negotiate. Uh, uh, and so it just involved thinking very carefully about each moment in the film. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that uh, you managed that balance just perfectly. All right. Oh, well, that's good. I went back and I looked at something like um, uh, Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator, which is a satire on Hitler made in mm -hmm. 1941. And it has some really great classic Chaplin moments in it of comedy. And yet scenes set in the Jewish ghetto as well, which are not played for laughs. And, and, and you know, with, with the death of Stalin, at least I have the advantage of looking back on something that happened, uh, you know, halfway through the last century, whereas Chaplin was doing it then, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the figure he was satirizing was still very much alive and still very much in power. The, the second thing that really stood out to me as well, it's, it's I guess it's uh, less, less serious, but it's, um, it's that yeah. there's an awful lot of Russians in this film being portrayed by actors using British and American accents. Um, yes. It's, and it sounds odd in the abstract describing it like that, but in watching the film, it's remarkably sort of natural in, you know, after- uh, Yeah, and that that's the idea. I, 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 see, I thought if people put on Russian accents, it would feel artificial. And, mm -hmm. and actually the truth is what Russian accents? Because, you know, the Soviet Union at the time was a massive empire. There were hundreds of accents, hundreds of dialects, hundreds of languages. Stalin wasn't from Russia, he was from Georgia. So he could speak a completely different language if he wanted to, as could Beria. Khrushchev was from Ukraine. So the way to replicate it, I knew we wanted to do it in English. The way to replicate that diversity was to do a diversity of English accents. So, and American accents and do that. And the Russian press who saw the movie all said to me, thank you for not using Russian accents because we hate that because they're usually done badly. Um, so uh, I, I think we, you know, it's interesting that people have commented on it, but only in to say that they didn't, it didn't bother them. It feels like a sort of translucent curtain in between you and the film, the, 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 the fake accent really. We need change. Well, if you can mobilize first. Oh, seems to be me. Sneaky little shit. The race has started. We need to start putting together a plan. How can you run and plot at the same time? I have no idea what is going on. I'm the peacemaker and I'll fuck up anyone who gets in my way. Come on! Play better, you flattering fannies! Get it! Give it! Hit it! Shoot her before him, but make sure he sees it. Kill him, dump him in the pulpit. And I'll leave the rest up to you. We have to act. I really need your help. I'm going to have to report this conversation. Threatening to do harm or obstruct any member of the Presidium in the process of looking at your fucking face. <laughs> yeah. So, and now, uh, speaking of Russia, um, I hear that uh, the film has been banned there for mm. 
causing instability in Russian society. And it's somewhat ironic given everything that we know about the country's role in the 2016 US election. How does that feel? It, it just feels very odd and, and kind of sad, really, because, you know, it was given a license to be shown and the press campaign was all done. The press saw the film and were ready to review it, it you know, and then just two days before they suddenly changed their mind. And I think it's, it's sad that it happened. And I think it's somebody just losing, you know, just, just, just losing all sense of perspective on, on, on what the film was doing, really. People who saw it in Russia, one, one cinema showed it, they stood up and applauded at the end because they said, no, but it's true. And it's not making fun of the Russian people. It's, it's making fun of the politicians, you know. And I, I always, you know, I'm always, be, be aware of any politician who can't take a joke, you know. Uh, uh, and Trump does it, you know. He sees himself being on Saturday Night Live and then tweets about how lame Saturday Night Live is. You know, it, it, it's a worrying trend that, that to shut down opposition rather than just label it as opposition, you know, and, and just deal with it. Given the subject matter, you obviously had, I suppose, some sort of factual hard points that you had to hit along the way. Um, but on the other hand, it's, it's, as far as I'm aware, an event where a lot of the details remain sort of remarkably unknown. Uh, was, was that yes. difficult to navigate the path between those two sort of poles? Well, I wanted to get the research right. We went out to Moscow and spoke to people who, you know, lived through the, um, the, the, the kind of the roundups and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, uh, and then we went to, you know, I went to the Kremlin and I went to Stalin's statue. I wanted again to get the look right. And, and, and then we researched all the, the material about each of the characters and their, their memoirs. And, you know, so that not to try and do a kind of documentary, but to try and ground a lot of the comedy in, in what was true. And, and again, the Russians who've seen it have said, it's funny, but it is true. No matter what happens, I will never let any harm come to you. I may as well just shoot myself like mother. Jesus Christ, did Coco Chanel take a shit on your head? No, he did not. Stalin will be loving this. I'll take it from here. Good luck, ladies. You mentioned before, uh, you know, you, you wanted to do something set in the modern day. I, I wonder, uh, has, has Donald Trump made satire redundant, do you think? Well, not, not necessarily redundant, but it's had to think how to, I think it like, for example, the stuff I do, I don't think I could do with Trump. Any, vis- any fictional version of what's happening in, in Washington, I cannot outdo what's really happening in Washington for absurdity. So I'd rather not do that. I think what's happening though is that the comedians who are having a, a kind of more success are the ones who are acting like journalists. You know, if Trump is saying, well, the news is all fake. Okay, the comedians are saying, okay, well, let's look at some facts then. So you've got John Oliver and Samantha Bee and, and Bill Maher digging, digging around and just, you know, seeing what Trump said, seeing what this person said, see what he wrote here, putting facts together and somehow they're, they're what's funny because the comedy is in the truth of what's going on at the moment. Um, so I think it's, it's almost like comedies had to have a little bit of a rethink as to how to approach Trump. You, you, again, you mentioned before the, the, the sort of prescience of the film, I suppose. Um, I mean, I've seen a number of kind of commentaries on the film and, and you know, the parallels to the modern day. I suppose what, yeah. what do you see are, are the main uh, sort of things that have come up along the way that, that have struck you about the, the parallels between 
you know, well, it's interesting because we shot it two summers ago, so before Trump was elected. Um, mm. And the reason I was interested in making it is because I felt generally around various democracies there have been these troublesome, you know, nationalism, far right movements becoming more, uh, getting a higher profile, um, or people becoming elected and then tra- trying to change the constitution to give themselves more power. It's a, you know, it's a worrying trend. And it did remind me of, you know, the 1920s, 1930s in Europe. That's was going on a lot there. Um, now, since the film has, was made and has come out, we've seen the likes of Trump as well as Putin and, and his kind of obsession, really, with authority figures like, you know, North Korea, Russia. Um, and we've seen Berlusconi is coming back in Italy. Mm. Um, so I suppose what the film is, is saying really, look, don't think that because you have democracy, it's perfect. It's not because democracy isn't this permanent thing. It, it has to be continually refreshed and nurtured and renewed, which means you have to participate in it. You know, if you don't vote, then something might happen that, that was the last thing you wanted. You know, if you, if you want to work towards something, you have to get out and participate in it in, in democracy. Just speaking of uh, redundance of satire, well, the degree to which it is, yeah. uh, you, you, you may not have seen, but uh, in Australia, the Prime Minister recently rewrote the Code of Standards to ban ministers from having sex with their staffers. Right. It's, it's, it's very, very much feels like we're living in a sitcom all the time. So, and what happens if they do? Do, do the police raid the bedroom or what? It's a what very good question. So, suddenly, that, I guess that, that puts all uh, ministerial relationships uh, on, uh, you know, journalist <laughs> radar. Do they have to install cameras and, you know, what, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. how, how is it enforced? <laughs> it's a very good question. One of the many things that we've been grappling with in Australia. In okay. <laughs> I suppose, you know, what do you see, uh, I mean, in terms of the, you know, reception of the film, do you think that there has been um, a, a, perhaps a growing awareness of, of those parallels that we were talking about before in terms of, you know, creeping authoritarianism, particularly across Yeah. Europe? Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing in the UK anyway, is that it's made, the film has made people go back and read a bit more about the time. It's not a time that we've looked at very much in cinema, you know, 1950s in the Soviet Union. Maybe we've looked more at the spies and the Cold War and espionage and things like that, but not the actual authoritarian, repressive regime, totalitarianism. Um, If it reminds people that this happened and could happen again, um, and, and therefore, you know, alerts them to that fact, then that's, that's a good thing, I think, you know. I mean, I didn't make the film to kind of radically transform people's <laughs> lives and political opinions, but if it, if it kind of chimes with what people are worried about now, then, then that, that's a good thing. It make, maybe makes us a bit more alert to, you know, how democracy can go bad. There's, there's, it, it, I suppose it lines up in a lot of ways with, uh, you know, the strong theme that's run through, you know, uh, much of your work and particularly the, the more well-known stuff in terms of looking behind the curtains and, and the, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, you know, the and, way and also, we can sort of see, see the, the, the hidden side of particularly in, in politics. And the sort of fallibility of power. We expect power, especially behind these big grand buildings, you expect everyone in them to know what they're doing. And when you discover that they don't quite know what they're doing because they're just like you and me, they're just sort of, just getting by and 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 slightly bluffing their way through, um, <clears throat> at least opens us up to 
realizing that that's how democracy works really, or how politics works. And actually, hopefully, it means that they aren't as far removed from us as we perhaps used to think, you know, that, 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 uh, that they're not, that, that they mustn't think of themselves as special and therefore immune from normal rules. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the, um, the, the thing, that, again, one of the other things that I noticed about the film is obviously there's the, the brutality in, in, you know, the, the kind of key characters that, that you're dealing with in this film, but at the same time, it's such a sympathetic portrayal. Well, <clears throat> one thing I wanted to do was not do a kind of, he's the good guy and he's the bad guy. Um, the person who's the bad guy at the start, <clears throat> I don't think they stop becoming a bad guy, but you, you feel a bit more inside him by the end. And the person who's the good guy actually has to be the, the new bad guy at the end. So it's, it's, um, it's about that ambiguity, I think, really. Because I think that makes for a more interesting story and a, a more um, realistic kind of uh, portrayal of, of what actually was going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, for example, I have uh, coincidentally a, a PhD student who just submitted her thesis looking at, uh, among other things, uh, the thick of it and Veep, uh, you know, looking at the way in which this is, a, you know, a, a look inside the world of the sort of hyper-mediated right. uh, oh, wow. uh, politics and, and, and what, how important those representations of, uh, of public relations are because, right. you know, if, we, if you're looking at things like, again, the thick of it and, and Veep and, and some mm. of your other work, that's... Um, it's a really important thing, I think, in terms of what you're doing there in, in, in showing the, you know, behind the scenes with politics and, and the way in which yeah. this sort of thing yeah. is done, which is often out of the limelight. Yeah. And also hopefully it encourages people to think, okay, it, 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 I see how it works now. It's not as frightening as I thought it would be in that, you know, I could do that. I could get involved, you know, or if people are appalled by what they see, Okay, do something about it. You know, go out and campaign for that not to happen, or or, or try and encourage people to go into politics who will do something differently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that's as kind of, I suppose, a remarkably hopeful message in a way. <laughs> well, I spent the last election trying to encourage people to register to vote and to come out and vote, and and it was gratifying. Not the result of what I was doing, but it was gratifying to see that actually there was a a bigger participation in the election in the UK last year and, and, and across and especially in the younger age groups. Um, I think that means that people are getting more involved in, in politics, which is a good sign. It sure is. Well, I think that's probably us out of time. Uh, Armando okay. Nucci, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Nice to chat. Thank you very and, much. And the film is uh, The Death of Stalin, which uh, is out in Australia on the 29th of March. Hurrah! Thanks very much. <laughs> you know, all of you can kiss my Russian ass. Don't worry, nobody's gonna get killed, I promise you.